Welcome to the Geeks Under Grace podcast, everybody. I am your producer, LJ Lowry. Uh, Today we have a very special interview, uh, sort of a five-year celebration of Geeks Under Grace and its five-year anniversary. And uh, so this podcast is going up on the same day, uh, on June 21st, uh, the five-year anniversary. And uh, so we just wanted to do something special. I have with me uh, Thomas Martin. Uh, the original producer of the uh, the first Geeks Under Grace podcast. Thanks for having me on, LJ. I really uh, appreciated the the invite, and I'm actually really excited to talk to you about this today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, and so we kind of kind of wanted to uh, let people get to know you a little bit. Um, you know, for those who who may not know who you are, uh, since you're since you were around for like the early days uh, of of Geeks Under Grace, and it's kind of grown a lot um, since then. So, um, so why don't you uh, tell the listeners uh, what kind of things you like to geek out about? Well, I have been a lifelong gamer. I started when I was only a few years old playing Super Mario and Zelda and all of that. Actually, my favorite Zelda game growing up was Zelda 2 on the NES, which is, um, I found out later when the internet existed that that's like one of the black sheep yeah. of the, the, the Zelda fans. Yeah, and I really, I really cool. liked that game. Yeah. Um, and then in uh, when I got a Game Boy, I actually liked the the better Zelda game was Link's Awakening, which they're remastering on Switch. Right. I am so excited about that. Right. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> um, as I grew up, uh, my interests evolved, and so I, I grew into liking RPGs and things with stories. Cool. So Final Fantasy, Persona, uh, a lot of that, and um, I would say most recently. Um, I just played a second playthrough of Metal Gear Solid Five: uh, Phantom Pain, and that, oh man, I, I think it's better the second time, knowing all of the different twists and turns that that are revealed at the very tail end of that game, mm-hmm. and it's it, it is wonderful to play, and the story, uh, if you know Metal Gear Solid, yeah. it is a good story. If you're not a fan of that kind of stuff, I mean. It's not going to change your mind, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Kojima it's, it's, is kind of crazy with, really with with that stuff, and it's like it's oh, like either yeah. you're a fan or you're not kind of deal. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, same with uh, Kingdom Hearts franchise, right. which I love, and um, I've played every one of the games, and it's one of those franchises that you either you either love it or hate it when it comes to the story because it gets kind of uh, convoluted. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's super cool. Um, so, uh, speaking on, on that, um, so, uh, I guess I'll hit on E3 real quick while we're here. So, uh, did you follow yeah. anything about E3 this year and kind of what things were you excited about? Okay. So I am really excited for the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, I know a lot of people are not happy with the changes that are made, mm. but Final Fantasy VII 
still exists in its original form right. and Square Enix doing something is not going to eliminate that. They're not going to go hunt down your old copies and come door to door and remove your PS1 copies of Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> and in fact, they just released Final Fantasy 7. Uh, they ported it over to the Switch and they've ported it to the PS4 and it's on PC. Uh, with a remake, I'm excited that they are making major differences yeah. so it's not going to be the exact same game right it's going to be a different experience and i mean it may end up being bad but i'm i'm more than willing to give it a shot yeah for, for myself i got into i played final fantasy 7 very late so i didn't share that same nostalgia and so i didn't really totally get into it like everybody so where you're the black sheep with zelda 2 i'm like that with final fantasy 8 so when, oh, I love Final yeah, Fantasy VIII. So, that's my favorite. <laughs> so it's one of those things where when they announce this thing that's more action-based, like like I've played some yes. JRPGs back in my day, but it's just one of those things when I saw that more action-based combat, I said, oh, yeah, I can totally get into this. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah so any, right. anything else at, at E3? Um, I'm excited to see that uh, Smash is just becoming more and more inclusive as far as it used to be a history of just Nintendo first party Nintendo yeah. characters. And now it is, if you've even barely come in contact with a Nintendo console, yeah. your characters are possible to show up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, you've got Dragon Quest uh, hero yeah. coming on and then uh, Banjo-Kazooie, which, uh, oh man, that's, that, that's nice to see that, um, just everything like persona five joker came yeah. out a couple months ago and just every uh, the, the, the 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 catchphrase or whatever everybody's welcome except waluigi oh, uh, it really holds up man. true so yeah. yeah yeah that's super cool cody was super excited when they announced banjo because that was just one of those things like nobody thought was ever going to happen and it finally did yes cool so so is that is that it for is that was that all you're excited about e3 or those are the the, the major things the um <laughs> my wife is especially excited for breath of the wild 2 oh yeah um i'm i'm definitely looking forward to it it was um i had some problems with the first one just with like little minor nit nitpicks but it's clearly a you know nine out of ten game right. that um, I'm, I'm hoping to actually go back and play through again but my wife is big time into that so she was that was the biggest thing that she enjoyed from it that's cool awesome <laughs> So yeah, so I just wanted to kind of, kind of let everybody everybody know what what kind of things you like you like to geek out about. Any movies or TV shows or anything you're super into? Um, f as far as movies go, uh, anything Marvel is usually pretty good. Uh, and then Detective Pikachu uh, that came out just about a month and a half ago, that is probably the best video game based movie yeah. I've seen in theaters in a long time if ever maybe yeah and that that was really that was a great movie right yeah it was just one of those things where i i saw that and i'm like man this is just opens up a whole new door just it was surreal and just so much of the nods like being a fan of pokemon was was just super insane a lot of nostalgia there so i'm excited to see what they do with that franchise absolutely so any any tv shows uh tv shows i well have a complicated relationship with game of thrones oh, okay um, <laughs> that's cool the first five seasons the first four seasons for sure are masterpieces 
and the fifth season is has got its pretty good moments and then there are once you get past there there are moments through the last few seasons that are all that are good but on a whole I, I was just very disappointed with the turn that the show took once they ran out of source material oh man so very very uh full metal alchemist uh, <laughs> type thing i i wonder if like 10 years down the road we're going to get a game of thrones brotherhood oh man <laughs> and you know just follow up once george R. R. martin finally decides to finish up his series right that'd be interesting so so season so the last season falls into that category for you though too <laughs> uh, yeah it was uh i mean i can't say anything uh more than what the entirety of youtube has said collectively <laughs> okay. on it there there are people that would, are better able to far far better express uh, my feelings on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, still, the cast is great. The set design was amazing. The music is spot on for the moments that it has to be. But the story just wasn't there once they ran out of source material. <laughs> Man, cool. So so we'll get into uh, the Ministry of Geeks Under Grace itself um, a little bit and uh, kind of what you did with... Uh, with uh, the organization uh, whenever it first uh, came to be. And so um, another question I have for you is um, tell us about your history with Geeks Under Grace. Uh, How did you discover uh, Geeks Under Grace and uh, what you did uh, within the, within the organization? Yeah. So I actually started with Geeks Under Grace before it was Geeks Under Grace. It was called cross console gamers back then. Yeah. And, uh, so I had started there as a writer and it was a very interesting uh, interview process. It was simply, I sent out uh, an email saying, Hey, I'm interested in writing for your site Mm -hmm. and drew the founder. He's like, okay, you're, you're on. (laughs) Cool. Oh, uh, okay. I was expecting to have to submit like several different articles and all of that. But at that time they were very small, just starting out. And so, yeah, I started up with them. One of the first pieces that I wrote, I don't know if it was the absolute first, but one of the early ones I remember was a review of Child of Light Oh, cool! Uh, by Ubisoft. And that was fun because I the whole intro I did in the same type of style that the story was played out as Child of Light with a rhyming kind oh, of style. Oh, that's awesome. And it, it just felt, it felt very fun to be able to have a place where I could express some of that creativity, and you know, and and when I passed it through the editors, it basically just went through <laughs> unchanged, just posted That's as cool. was, and uh, you know, it, it, that was a good sign that Geeks Under Grace was a place that was going to uh, really allow that kind of creativity in in its writers and that that was uh that was that was fun that was where i started out cool um and then i throughout that time we had transitioned on over into geeks under grace and that was five years ago yeah and uh i had continued doing different game reviews articles and during that time i just got kind of an inspiration to do a um uh, so it, I, I had called it DK Noir, <laughs> and it was a radio drama inspired by old radio detective 
type thing, okay. but based in a world with Nintendo characters. Oh, wow. So I did this pilot that was maybe 12 minutes long. Okay. And probably only maybe a dozen people have heard it in the world, but <laughs> I, I submitted it in and it's just like, what do you guys think about this? What, you know, is this the kind of stuff that you might be looking for? Right. And they're like, well, we're not really interested in the content, but it sounds like you put a lot of effort into this and uh, you seem to know a lot about sound design. We're starting up a podcast. Would you like to be the producer of our podcast? Oh, cool. <laughs> and so this little quirky uh, adventure of mine right. turned into being the, the, the podcast producer. And of course, I said, yes. Oh, I'm, I'm so interested in this. <laughs> uh, meanwhile... I'm lying through my teeth. I have never produced a podcast. I had never done anything in um, <laughs> any type of like sound editing, anything like that until I got the inspiration to do that little DK noir thing. That was That's my first awesome. little endeavor. And so I spent the next like two or three weeks just reading as much possible material <laughs> I could. That's cool. How do you produce a podcast? What kind of equipment do you use? What uh, software are you supposed to use? Because I didn't know anything. And, you know, within about a month or whatever, we had put the podcast together and it, um, that is where I spent the majority of my time, um, with Geeks Under Grace uh, until I, uh, eventually left somewhere around mid 2015. Okay. And I, I continued to do little, uh, articles still writing for the site here and there mm -hmm. but i scaled back a lot more than than what the typical writer was required to do at that time right. because the the podcasting uh, took up took up a significant portion of time especially when i was first learning right, it, right. it took a bit yeah mm -hmm. cool uh, um so so um just so you know I've, I've kind of i'm coming from a same type of uh background in a way where the most audio skills I knew were from like using audacity and things like that from like recording some like amateur, like Christian rap music or something. But I got into it a similar way is that I, I didn't know a whole lot, but, but it's just been cool. Uh, like, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you probably know, like know this, but like, you know, learning from experience and learning how to play with those tools and things like that. So, so for me, that's, what's been fun about like producing a podcast. Um, yeah. So, um, so real quick, if you, do, if you don't mind me asking, so, um, so you, you kind of, um, scaled things back and, and eventually left Geeks Under Grace. Was it for any, was it for any personal reason? You just kind of, you know, life happened kind of thing or, uh, it was more of a life happened right. type of a deal. I didn't have any like specific falling out with Geeks Under Grace. I've got no right. hard feelings against anybody there. Cool. It was, um. So in, when I first started with Geeks Under Grace, cross-console gamers back then, I was working part-time. I was still living with my parents, and I had yet to be married. Mm, okay. And so I had plenty of time right, right. and disposable income and all of this kind of stuff. Mm. And in 2015, within the span of about three months, uh, I bumped up to full-time work. Okay, cool. I rented an apartment, moved out, and I got married. And so, That's awesome. uh, so yeah, I, it was a wonderful blessing. It was a wonderful time in my life. That's cool. Um, but it also, you know, it took up a lot more of my time. Right. Um, I had more need for money at that time. Right. Uh, cause you know, it's like, now you got bills to pay. Welcome to the real world, buddy. 
And, um, and at that time, Geeks Under Grace was not yet in a position to really um, do any type of compensation for any kind of work. Right. And I was actually, I was actually um, the one paying for the hosting of the podcast myself. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, so I mean, like, I, I understand the the vision yeah. and everything because you know, it's I mean, it's still going strong today, yeah. which is wonderful to to see. Uh, but yeah, I just couldn't put the the time required in and, um, you know, all that involved. And, and that's just what eventually led to me um, pulling away and just deciding, yeah, I don't really have the time to do full-time podcast producer anymore. Right. That, that's awesome, though. That's that's totally cool. Like, that's a, that's a huge, you know, a huge, you know, blessing, a huge change. So that's super cool. Um, so we are still a, a volunteer organization. Uh, we are working on ways to, uh, you know, we, we are an official 501c3 now. Um, we are, we are work. The cool thing I'm excited about, you know, working, you know, in kind of the, the higher up on, on the board of directors also is um, that, you know, we're working on ways to be able to hopefully do that for our writers and our content creators is to be able to compensate them. Maybe not, maybe not necessarily pay them quite yet, you know, but, you know, hopefully we will get to there one day, but it's just, you know, really cool hearing, you know, that story, like, you know, that you had, I had to pay for that hosting. Um, you know, like, you know, Geeks Under Grace has been blessed enough to where we, we can do things to where not everybody has to pay out of pocket for things. We can still run things as, um, as an, as an organization, um, now and so that's kind of some inside baseball for for the listeners but i, I just think that is is super cool um, yeah it's cool to hear yeah so um so and uh, i guess on that topic though um so what has it been like you know for you to w- kind of watch the ministry grow uh well i would say the most interesting thing what what i what i found to be pretty awesome was getting that um what, what is that the 501c yeah the the nonprofit status because yeah. uh, I know that that was being pushed for a long time while I was was in there that was actually one of the goals from very early on mm-hmm. was to get that nonprofit status and uh, it was really cool to see that the, the um, that that to be achieved to actually be recognized uh, beyond just the community but also and like kind of it, the legal side doesn't completely matter, right, but right. it it is nice to to see that acknowledgement on the legal side that it's like no, yeah, these people are here for more than IGN or right. you know uh, Kotaku or all of these other sites that do the same thing, but they are definitely for profit. Mm-hmm. Their their sites are just littered with ads if you don't have an ad blocker because they're trying to pump up revenue they're trying to you know just just really push that and i i my favorite thing about geeks under grace and its actual purpose its actual mission is is that it's 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 a step beyond that it's Mm -hmm. it's taking who we are as people and nearly nearly everyone that's involved is is a follower of God as follower of Christ mm-hmm. and taking that and actually putting that into not just the material, but also the way the organization itself is run. Right. Awesome. That, that, that's cool to hear. Um, so not, not uh, for, for the listeners, I'm not trying to brag here, but I'm just kind of boasting in kind of 
how awesome, you know, God is because, you know, we've gotten to a point for the gaming department, like, you know, you were talking about how, you know, you had written some reviews on games. Uh, our gaming department is blessed, um, you know, because of the growth of our site, because now we're getting to cover, you know, review copies of these game of these games alongside some of these websites and stuff like that. So if you go to like, we're not on Metacritic yet, but if you go to websites like, like, uh, open critic is like one of the aggregates, you know, we're like right there with the bit with, you know, some of the big dogs. And, uh, it's just really cool, uh, to see, you know, the way, you know, God has, has blessed the ministry. Yeah. I remember back when, when I was reviewing games, we, it was difficult to get mm-hmm. many review copies mm-hmm. And the ones that we did get were, you know, indie, smaller mm-hmm. things. Like like a couple of the ones that I did were, um, I remember there was one that was, uh, I think it was called like Fly Hunter <laughs> something on the Vita. Okay. And it was, we couldn't even get an American uh, code. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I had to create, we got an EU code. And so I had to create a EU PSN account just so I could redeem the, the code, code to review this game, which was... You know, it was average at best. It, right. was, it was all right. And, you know, just as an example of of some of the things that we were doing, um, I do have to mention that even though I left Geeks Under Grace, you know, several years ago, I got put on so many different little PR lists. Oh, yeah. And I still get uh, <laughs> random things inviting me to premieres. It's funny to see... Uh, the back end of how a lot of those types of websites work. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are pushing to try to get their small indie game mm-hmm. to be seen by people that they are just without without any type of um, limit, just saying, here's a free copy. Right. You know, we're not expecting anything. Right. Uh, you know, and it was, it, it's, it's, it gives me a different perspective on, on how the, production side of like of game the, development yeah. for instance goes and uh so so yeah but i i'm i'm glad to to hear that geeks under grace has uh been noticed and received more legitimacy from the publishers mm-hmm. and, and receiving more more uh high-end review copies like that yeah uh, I, I work on the pr end a little bit uh, now and so it's uh you know it's it's been really cool to to see that and kind of building those relationships like we've been to pax west and pax south and you know and all these different conventions since then and it's just super cool to shake hands with these people that you know they don't care what size your website is or how many followers you have you have a press badge and you know you're on that same ground floor so it, it's cool right um but um, enough about that. So, um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm curious about more of the, you know, since this is a podcast, I kind of want to know more about, uh, the, uh, you know, kind of the producer side a little bit, kind of like, you know, how you worked, I guess. So, um, so I guess, uh, take us through, uh, what your process, uh, uh what your process was of producing the show and, uh, kind of yeah. what kind of software and recording equipment that you and the rest of the crew uh, liked to use. Sure. So, very early on, I knew that um, from listening to many podcasts, there are several very easy things that anybody wanting to do a podcast can do that will make your podcast higher audio quality than 99% of the podcasts out there. Because a lot of people are 
recording out of what sounds to be like a microphone, like maybe just out of their phone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, something like that. And they don't do anything to the audio yeah. afterwards. <laughs> and so I knew very early on I wanted to record, even though we recorded over Skype, right. that's how we met. Right. We all recorded locally. Cool. So we had four hosts and so we were on a Skype call and kind of like uh, a little inside baseball here, kind of like you and I did before we started this podcast, right. doing a countdown of, okay, I'm recording now yeah. and let's sync this up. Yeah. Uh, I did the same thing with the uh, other three hosts. Cool. And so, so Ryan was the main host yeah ryan thompson then, i actually met, yep. i actually met him in person at pack south this year so oh, so that was oh, super man. cool to, to actually meet <laughs> i him. never met him in person he is awesome yeah I love that guy. yeah he's he's cool uh and then so we had ryan thompson we had um jp and then we also had cody yeah and uh and then and then me as well i was a co-host on there as well as being the producer cool so so we all yeah we all recorded locally most of us used audacity or garage band something like that right. we recorded in wave files yeah. so raw audio mm-hmm. and then they sent all of their audio to me when it was over yeah i used i recorded the skype call and i used that skype call to help sync up everybody's tracks and then i removed the skype call okay uh and then from there i would um, I would go based off of the notes that I took during the podcast. So I would take notes on, oh, you know what? I hear Ryan's dog in the background. He's not talking right now, but I hear his dog. And, um, you know, just put a little timestamp on that in my notes. Hmm. And then I would go through and listen. And, you know, it's like, you know, JP had a fan going on. Mm-hmm. And it was going on throughout the whole the whole show. Right. I didn't really notice it during the recording, but I can hear it in, in his recording. Right. And so I go through and I would edit these things with uh, the luxury of having four tracks. Right. Is that if the person that has some sort of interruption, like a dog, if they are not talking, mm-hmm. I can silence that. I can cut that. And it will have nothing but a positive effect on the overall quality right it's you know i'm not removing any content by you know their words Mm -hmm. anything like that uh and then if there's a continuous noise going on in the background if i can isolate that Mm -hmm. audacity which is actually the the software i used audacity is a a free recording software that you can get on windows i love audacity it's so awesome for what it is it has got so much power if 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 anybody wants to start a podcast and they're thinking oh, maybe I should throw down $300 for a license on professional sound uh, DAW is what it's called. Yeah, no way. Don't do that. Just start with Audacity. (laughs) Yeah. It's got all the tools you need unless you're going to be in a professional studio. Right. And it works amazing. It's uh, so... If there's a fan in the background, you can isolate that yeah. with Audacity and just say, hey, remove this sound from the entire track. Yeah, the noise reduction tool, yeah. And it is gone. Mm-hmm. And um, just other little tricks like that can can help immensely mm-hmm. in sound quality. The biggest thing that I notice when I still listen to podcasts or YouTube videos mm-hmm. or anything like that is... 
you'll have a guest that is talking very quietly. Yeah. And then you'll have a host that is talking very loudly. And it's mostly just due to sound equipment. Right. In Audacity, you can use a compressor Mm -hmm. and you can also use a function called normalize. And so what I would do is I would just take all of the tracks, I would compress them, and then I would normalize them with each other Mm -hmm. so that nobody is talking any louder than anyone else. Right. And it's a consistent sound across the entire show. Right. Uh, The other thing that that helps with, too, is if you've got... For instance, you've got Geeks Under Grace on your playlist of podcasts. And then up next is Watch Out for Fireballs. And you jump from Geeks Under Grace podcast, and it wasn't compressed and normalized. And it was actually really quiet. So you had to turn it up really loud. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Watch Out for Fireballs comes on, and it's blaring loud (laughs) because of the way that it's it's set up. Yep. Uh, So just these little things that... As a producer, you don't naturally think about, but you want to create the best listener experience. And that is the most important thing when it comes to producing. Uh, Most people think that it costs a lot of money to have a high quality sound. Uh Right now, I'm talking on a Audio-Technica USB microphone that I bought for, I think, like $45 on Amazon five or six years ago. And that's what I used when I was recording. I know that um, a couple of the guys had some decent microphones. Mm -hmm. And I think JP, for a while, just used his laptop microphone. (laughs) That's cool. And even with that, we were able to get a decent sound quality just with little tweaks here and there. And it's, it's it's not difficult. It's just simply finding the right knowledge and using it in the appropriate places. Right. Like, like I've been, uh, I've been producing the show since, uh, the reboot I'll say I've been producing the reboot, uh, geeks under grace podcast, uh, since 2016, we, we had another guy who, who, who was a good friend of ours doing it for, uh, for a few, like almost 30 episodes or so. And then, um, then he, he had left geeks under grace and, and I kind of filled in, uh, because I had been doing a- another podcast I used to do on the side. And so, um, so that's kind of where, where I came from. And so it sounds like largely my process and kind of the things I do are, are kind of the, you know, the same as yours. And so it's really cool to kind of see, uh, see that. And it's one of those things it's like, you know, I've still been, you know, it's been a few, quite a few years since I started doing this and it's like, I'm still learning little tricks you know, to this day. And, and so it's, it's really neat. Um, you know, it's YouTube t- uh, tutorials and just, there's, there's so many resources on the internet, I think for anybody, oh, yeah. anybody to get into a podcast. There were a lot of resources available back when I was first learning and there are, oh gosh, just magnitudes more mm-hmm. resources now. And if, if you don't know how to do a podcast and you have access to the internet, mm-hmm. there's no excuse to, you know, to not learn the proper way to do it because it's it, everything that you need is either free or cheap. And it's, it's all about the, the techniques, uh, recording, uh, for instance, I have a, you know, a pop filter, which was mm-hmm. 
I think like $7. That stops a lot of the, the P kind of sounds that you, ha- you have that the puh puh kind of sounds yeah. that can muddle up a microphone and uh, just just little things that you can do in the process to make your product in the top percentile. I mean, you can you can very easily sound like the people on YouTube that have a million subscribers yeah. or five million subscribers versus when you you go and you watch somebody who whose videos have like you know just a couple thousand subscribers maybe and they've they've they're just recording out of their webcam mm-hmm. and and whatever microphone they have plugged into the uh you know it's just like came with the computer and it's it's very little investment is needed to be made to make all of that progress yeah some sometimes uh like because I listen to it as I'm uh, editing, obviously, but then I listen to it again later in the week, like just to kind of hear how it came out after that. And some weeks I'm just kind of tooting my own own horn and going like, man, that sounds awesome. Uh, you know, because like, like you said, like we do the same thing. We're all on Skype, but it literally sounds like we're in the same room. So it's just fun to like, to kind of yeah. experience that. Absolutely. I, yeah. Now mm-hmm. I'm remembering too. uh, I did a little fun thing with the four when it was the four of us hosting. Mm. I I actually panned the voices. So <laughs> because because JP and Cody sound sounded very similar. Oh, okay. So if like if you didn't know them personally and you were just hearing them for the first time, you, it would be very hard to distinguish their voices. Right. It was not very difficult to distinguish Ryan's voice because he's got his yeah. you know, thick Louisiana accent. Yeah. Um but what I did was I would pan JP and Cody as far away from each other. And then I had like me and Ryan kind of in the middle, but panned away from each other. So if you were listening in stereo, you, it, it sounded like it was a, like a panel that you would see oh, okay. on a YouTube show or a, or, a, or a news channel or something like that. So it was like side by side and you could actually hear the differences. And it was, it, it that, that was that was a neat little trick I picked up. If you if you upload in mono, uh-huh. you can't do that because mono will just you know just be that one channel. Right, right. There's no there's no panning in mono. Yeah. But um, but if you happen to upload in stereo, that that is a neat little thing that I learned to help uh, distinguish between similar sounding voices. Okay, cool. That that's good to know. Actually, that's a little trick that I I had not known. So so that's awesome. <laughs> um, cool. So. Uh, was there any i think you already mentioned some of the like the written content you wrote um but or was there any particular uh piece of content that you worked on or or any particular like podcast episode that that was one of your favorites or that you really enjoyed yeah one that i had a lot of fun with i i I could be a little quirky sometimes um so it was the week after Hyrule Warriors okay. had been released on the Wii U. Yeah. So I did I just I just went online and I found a karaoke version of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme song uh-huh. and wrote a parody lyrics for Hyrule Warriors and then sang that and used that as the intro song for that particular episode of the podcast that's cool and that was that was fun 
and just so dorky like i'm both <laughs> i'm simultaneously proud and incredibly embarrassed about that like That's right at the exact same time <laughs> i'm gonna have to go listen to that because I, I was looking through you know some of the old posts and i saw that title and i'm like oh that's that's fun uh, it was go go hyrule warriors and so i'm like yes so now i'm gonna go check that out <laughs> later um i hope i hope it's still up it is because i it is oh it is yes yeah, it, okay. it sure is <laughs> okay that's yeah. that's that's um I'm both excited to go back and listen to that. Yeah, and I think it's it's up on the site, and I think you can like I don't think there's like the player works or whatever. If you, I think y'all had a player, but there was a button to, to where you can go download it. I think, and so, um, so yeah, that sh- it should work there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then, um, then anybody listening can probably go and listen to one of my proudest and embarrassing, <laughs> most embarrassing accomplishments. You know, so yeah. that. that that is definitely that's cool like that's a part of your personality like for for us like it's it's so dumb but like like joe and i like we just like one of the quirky dumbest things we love to do is like make puns the whole time like during the show (laughs) and so it's funny because people will point them out sometimes when like somebody doesn't catch it and things like that so it's something that's like totally dumb but it's just fun it's it's what we love to do like and shelly just kind of gives a gives a disapproval a sigh of disapproval you know and so but it's just something we love to do and i think that's what makes podcasts unique is you know when people can put can put their own personalities into it and that's what people listen for well and that is what distinguishes uh any type of podcast there are there are many podcasts that I listen to that present the exact same information as a different podcast but I like the hosts better right yeah so uh actually speaking of that uh, I didn't have this on our little question list but what are some podcasts that you really enjoy that you would recommend to our listeners uh so if you can stand um explicit language the best video game podcast that I listen to is watch out for fireballs okay and they started out as a retro games podcast playing mostly games that were like 20 years or older. Uh-huh. But as time went on, they um, they decided to just open it up to whatever. So they've played, right. you know, every everything from, you know, Super Metroid to Breath of the Wild and, you know, a bunch of little quirky games that I'd never heard of okay. before. But yet the way that they describe it, you know, going through it is um, is interesting. They, they, it's almost like a uh, like a games like a like a book club for games. Okay, cool. Where it's like, hey, everybody, let's play this game and then let's discuss it. Okay, and, yeah. And so that that is the the best video game podcast I've found. But they do swear a lot. So okay. if that's not if that's not for you, then then do avoid that. Right. Um, let's see here. Actually, let me go. Let me grab my podcast <laughs> app okay. here. Yeah, I mean, like one of the ones I I am a big fan of is like Giant Bomb, and you know they still swear, and like a lot of the IGN ones I follow those myself, but. But yeah, yeah. Let's see. I'm pulling that up right now. So I'm, I'm also really big into uh, wrestling as well. Okay. So I listen to yeah. To some I saw of those. you did some uh, some wrestling content for the site as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's I, I don't watch a lot of WWE anymore. Right. Uh, but there there are a few podcasts that are that are really good. Okay. Um, the lapsed fan again. Uh, you know they're they kind of have dirty mouths right <laughs> but but they go through the history of of wrestling they go back to when a lot of people have probably watched like the attitude era right. back in the 90s and things like that stone cold steve austin the rock yeah yeah they'll go they'll go back to the 80s and talk about hulk hogan and why he was such a 
big icon and they just their podcast i mean there's some of them that are like five or six hours long they go really <laughs> really in depth that's and cool hilarious. i'm definitely a lapsed fan myself that's when i used to watch <laughs> oh really yeah so. <laughs> yeah yeah yep and then um let's see here yeah um i also listen to dave ramsey's podcast all the time he's got his radio show okay, that cool. is presented on podcasts um I, I run financial peace at at my church, awesome. and and that's uh, that's definitely been a a big inspiration uh, for me as well. Cool. And um, yeah, so that those are those are some of the podcasts that I listen to. Um, oh, I listen to Tim Ferriss. Uh, if you've heard of him, he's he's pretty big in um, in business and personal development. Uh, he wrote the Four Hour Work Week, Four Hour Chef. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah, and then, um, and then James Altucher is another business oriented, personal development type of guy, and he's somebody that has made millions and lost it many times over. And he's like, and now I'm going to teach you how to not fail as many times <laughs> as I as I've failed. And uh, that's that that's that's nice. And he has lots of uh, good guests on that he interviews. And so those are the types of things that I listen to on a pretty regular basis. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. Um, I think that's about it as far as, uh, as far as questions go. Um, are you, are you, uh, present anywhere on, on social media where people can follow you if, if they wanted to or, uh, not so much. Um, I, you know, I have a Facebook, but I don't post on it. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mostly, involved a lot locally okay geeks under geeks under grace like this this whole thing uh being the podcast producer it actually opened up a lot more doors for me in in my in my local church yeah so because when they found out that i was the producer of a podcast on you know and they were able to look it up and see it Mm -hmm. like oh hey do you want to run our soundboard oh that's awesome you know for sundays and so i i'm like sure great and again lying through my teeth never run a soundboard before <laughs> so you know i picked up on that as fast as i could and um now i'm like the main sound guy at the church in fact in the last i think three years i think there's only been like three sundays that i haven't run sound on that's awesome and and then last year i actually got elected to the to the board of my church so that's awesome so, yeah, congrats a, on that trying to, trying to be a trying to be a good leader vocally and right maybe as i get more advanced in my 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 walk i'll try to expand that that more cool outwardly but uh but yeah social networking not so much at this current juncture that's awesome that's cool i i I respect that um yeah it's funny that you mentioned that you know that your church recognized that I, i have a similar story in that um they, they recognized the things I do with Geeks Under Grace as far as the podcast and as far as my involvement with our Twitch channel. And they're like, hey, like this guy knows live streams. And so uh, uh, my church does a site live stream and a Facebook live stream uh, for every service on Sundays. And so I'm uh, one of the moderators every, every other Sunday for our 930 service at my church. Oh, so, awesome. So it's just kind of super cool to see, you know, how like Geeks Under Grace has been able to equip a lot of people to kind of go out into the world and, you know, do things with the talents that they have developed, uh, by working with this organization. They, yeah. Geeks under grace definitely gave me opportunities that 
I probably wouldn't have been able to get in any other kind of place because it's it was a different environment than than other um just other kind of uh, communities like like uh, content creating communities right. that I've been involved with. It was uh, everybody was friendly on there, and cool. it was just it was always a great experience. And and yeah, like I said, it's just like they just kept giving me opportunity after opportunity, and I just kind of built off from there, and it eventually led to where I am today. That's awesome. Well, um, thank you for, for joining me, uh, for, for this evening. And, uh, it's just kind of super cool, you know, to give our audience a context of, of where the organization was, was at, you know, during its, its beginning years. And, uh, for myself, I barely started following Geeks Under Grace and Cross Console Gamers on Facebook. And then they had merged, uh, at, at that time. So it's like, I had only been a follower for a little while. And, uh, eventually I joined our Facebook community group and kind of got plugged in from there. So, but it's been really cool just, uh, hearing, hearing your, uh, your, your take on, on the ministry. So, yeah, I really appreciate you, uh, taking up the mantle after I <laughs> left and, and really holding up the, uh, the quality with the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it. So that is going to be it. Uh, so th- uh, this this has been a special interview for the fifth year of Geeks Under Grace uh, on June 21st. My name is LJ Lowry, and uh, thank you to our guest, Thomas, for uh, joining me. And so that is going to be it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Keep praying, keep gaming, and God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Geeks Under Grace podcast. We love hearing from you, so feel free to ask us questions or just comment on the show by using the hashtag GUGCast on Twitter or by joining the GUGCast questions channel in the Geeks Under Grace Discord. If you like this episode, consider leaving a review or rating of our show on your favorite podcast app. If you want even more Geeks Under Grace, you can always go to geeksundergrace.com. We love you all so much, so thank you for listening. It's on!